So Money Episode 104, Ask Farnoosh. You're listening to So Money with award-winning money guru, Farnoosh Karabi. Each day, get a 30-minute dose of financial inspiration from the world's top business minds, authors, influencers, and from Farnoosh herself. Looking for ways to save on gas or double your double coupons? Sorry, you're in the wrong place. Seeking profound ways to live a richer, happier life? Welcome to So Money. Welcome back to So Money, everyone. Happy Saturday. I'm your host, Farnoosh Tarabi, coming to you from my apartment in Brooklyn. I actually just went this week to look for new office space because... I need to get out of this house. Uh, We are renovating, and uh, it will not be pretty if I'm doing the podcast from here. You'll be hearing drilling and all sorts of um, uh, inconvenient things. So uh, for that, I am going to find new office space starting in a few weeks. So hopefully that doesn't change uh, the quality of the podcast, but uh, I'm excited. I think it'll be really a great move for me. And um, I don't know about anyone who else works you know, from home on the podcast, but it's just nice sometimes to get out of the house, right? And just have uh, like a more formal place to, to do work and, and avoid some easy distractions. Anywho, it is Saturday and we, of course, are now going to answer your questions. Starting with, though, uh, a review. I'd like to read off a review that was left kindly on iTunes. As many of you know or may not know, every Saturday I select one new reviewer on iTunes for this show to receive a free 15-minute money session with me. And this person uh, who left a review uh, that I uh, caught my eye was written by Lola Phelps. So Lola, if you're hearing this, email me, farnoosh at somoneypodcast.com so we can set up our one-on-one. She says, uh, Farnoosh Tarabi makes personal finance fascinating, exclamation point. I listen daily on my way to and from my office when I'm running, when I'm cooking. Seriously, my other podcasts are jealous. (laughs) (laughs) Over the years, I've tried to like the topic of personal finance. I'm a psychologist and independent practice and would much rather listen to my clients than think about money. I really appreciate getting to hear the personal stories of the people Farnoosh interviews. So Money addresses financial issues across the lifespan, but is especially helpful for people just out of college or starting careers. As a small business owner and entrepreneur, I really appreciate both the practical tips and the inspiration. Keep up the great work. Lola, thank you so much. And I think you emailed me as well, and you said that you would want me to interview Dr. Brad Klontz, uh, which, by the way, I will be having on the podcast uh, very soon. So uh, for some of you who don't know who who he is, Brad Klontz is a premier financial psychologist, and I've partnered with him on many projects, um, and more recently, my survey for When She Makes More, uh, which comes out in paperback this week. Holla! Pick up a copy. It's just $10 on Amazon, uh, thanks to the paperback. So anyway, sidebar. Uh, Thank you very much, Lola Phelps. By the way, love the name Lola. Uh, Thank you for your review, and I look forward to connecting with you one-on-one. All right, let's get to our awesome questions. I have a question here from Thomas. He says, hey, Farnoosh, I love your So Money podcast. I'm an aspiring financial expert. I just got my certification as a financial literacy educator, and now I am studying to become a certified financial counselor. I joined a local Toastmaster group to sharpen my public speaking skills, and I just joined John Lee Dumas's podcaster's paradise. Oh, amazing. This is fantastic. You are off to a great start here. I'm also a member of Podcasters Paradise. You may have known this. He says, I have two questions. I want to do podcasting, blogging, and public speaking. Do you think that 
That's too much starting out. And then he says, at what point in my new passion for spreading financial agent education, excuse me, do I seek an agent? Well, you are asking the right person, Thomas, because I, I live and breathe this world and I say, run with your passion. It sounds like you are off to the races and you've got a great foundation with your education, your certification, and then you're going to get another certification as a financial counselor. So you're going to be a trusted resource. Uh, just, you know, that, that alone can set you apart. I would say that if, if I were you, you know, between podcasting and blogging, I would say focus on podcasting uh, and get the transcripts for those podcasts because that can also become an easy way to blog. So podcasting is great because it, it first of all, it's it's the thing to do right now, right? It's kind of the, the new hot um, medium. And so being a podcaster not only um, allows you to have a, a presence on your site because you can put the podcast on your site, but it more importantly puts you in the iTunes store. It puts you in Stitcher. It puts you in all these other syndicated places. So you have this massive platform and it's very cool to be a podcaster right now. It's it's hard work. People know that it's not easy. You know, you can, blogging is not easy either, but podcasting, you know, is, is a little bit more of a technically challenging medium. And so there you get a lot of street cred for doing podcasts. And I think that the intimacy that you're going to establish with your with your listeners is unparalleled to what blogging does. And I mean, again, blogging is its own wonderful medium. I just don't have the bandwidth to sit there and, and write every day really, really thoughtful pieces. And if I were to be a blogger, I would only want to do that. I wouldn't want to write these like, you know, 200 word rants. I would want to actually produce something that's meaningful, that has takeaway. And I find that that for me is easier to do via a podcast. And especially if I've got a guest, we can go back and forth, a lot of gems unearthed through the uh, 30 minutes or 40 minutes. And then getting the transcript, you can use that to create blog posts or show notes. And so you can have visibility on your site through those posts and by posting the podcast. And you can have visibility in the iTunes store, which is great. And, uh, you know, it's cool. You can say you're, you're the host of your own podcast. That's pretty awesome. And it's very easy for people to find you because you're, again, you're, you're being marketed all, all over the place through iTunes and all these other areas that you, sites that you might promote your podcast in addition to your own site. So I would say start with podcasting, focus on that. And then I would say in tandem to all of that, focus on public speaking because to become a public speaker, you need to, prove that you have an audience, that you you know are busy in the area that you're working in, that you're connecting with people, that you have insights, and that is going to be able to come through podcasting. So that will help you leverage uh, your platform to get public speaking gigs. I don't think that's too much starting out. Clearly, you're passionate, and I think you can handle it. I think you'll have a lot of fun. And then you ask, when do I seek an agent? At what point? Well, I would say that you know, having an agent myself, I've been with my agent now for over um, seven years. He's great, but he wouldn't have worked with me if I didn't have something that was outstanding that he could brag about to potential newsmakers and program managers and um, people who hire talent. So, and in my case, it was a book. 
You know, I think that he would have had a hard time selling my story and why I was going to be great for that network or for that TV spot or for whatever that show if I didn't have an established presence in the media, a presence as uh, as an authority, if I hadn't established myself already in some way, shape, or form. It's really important when you're seeking an agent that you have established yourself beyond just getting certified, beyond just having a blog, that that you can say, people know who I am. And the best way to say that is oftentimes to say that, you know, you've got a book and people have bought it, or I do all these speaking engagements, or I would say before you get an agent, get some clips together of you giving your advice on local TV or on internet shows or on podcasts, because an agent can really only help you. They're not going to, they're not rainmakers. You know, they basically just say, okay, well, what have you got? And they're going to help you package that in a nice, neat, cool way and showcase you to the powers that be in TV world and uh, all those other places where they are seeking talent. So it's really important for you to, you know, establish those marketing, I guess, tools for yourself, whether it's a book, um, interviews, you know, start doing maybe some interviews um, with your local TV station. Start doing some interviews with uh, podcasters just so that, A, you can get comfortable giving advice in that medium. Because remember, it's all about sound bites. You want to get good with your sound bites and your presence. And it sounds like you are working with a coach. So that person should hopefully help you get even better. And I would say maybe do an ebook or something to show and say, like, I have so much credibility. You know, I'm a shoe in for this job. At that point, I think maybe an agent would be interested in learning learning more about you and and looking at ways to maybe get you uh, extra jobs. The other thing I would say before you work with an agent is be really clear on what your goals are. Very, very important. A lot of times people are disappointed when they work with agents because they say, he doesn't understand or she doesn't understand what my goals are. You know, I, I don't want those kinds of jobs. They're putting me up for, you know, interviews and auditions for things that I'm not interested in. Well, my question to them is always, have you communicated your goals to your agent? Your agent's doing probably what you what he or she thinks you want them to do, but you know, you really need to be in control. Just because you have an agent doesn't mean you take a back seat and you wait for the phone to ring to tell you, hey, Farnoosh, you have an interview at such and such, go put on a suit. You want to be looking for opportunities as much as your agent is looking for opportunities. A really good agent is somebody who really understands where you want to be in the next five years so that they can really start to manage your career, not just negotiate deals for you, right? So that would also be another thing that I would say about agents. But it sounds like you are off to a phenomenal start, Thomas. Please keep me posted. And as you develop these um, other platforms, whether it's podcasting, blogging, speaking, let me know. Um, I'd love to give you advice along the way. If you're interested, keep in touch. Ram, he writes and he says, I have one question. I asked one question about saving funds for my kids' education a couple of weeks ago. That's right, you did. He said, you you spent almost your entire valuable 15 minutes answering my question with lots of information that I cannot find anywhere. Thank you for that. Well, my pleasure. He says, I have one question regarding the same topic, which is that if I decided to save only $2,000 a year for each kid, and I have two, um, what is the best approach from the following? And he's interested in saving for their education. Um, Should I do an ESA, which is an education savings account, also known as a Coverdell account, or a 529 account? So, Ram, I I, I looked into this for you a little bit, and I suggest everybody, if you're interested in college savings advice, guidance regarding everything and everything, anything under the sun with regards to college, 
financial aid in college, go to savingforcollege.com. It's my go-to resource. And Ram says he's really confused about which one to choose. He lives in Michigan. So according to savingforcollege.com, you know, the Coverdell ESA and the 529 plan are both really great college education savings vehicles. Um, they're both tax-free when they're used for college. But like Rom, many families, you know, they kind of have to choose between one or the other. Do they do the 529 plan uh, or do they do the Coverdell? Now, one thing that I will say, just as a differentiator, the Coverdell account limits your contribution to $2,000 a year. So just keep in mind that the Coverdell does limit you to $2,000. If you wanted to increase it at one point, um, you'd have to find alternative savings vehicles. Another perk to the Coverdell versus the 529 is that the Coverdell allows you to self-direct your investments, kind of like an IRA. With a 529 plan, the investments are already predetermined. And so you can't you know, move around your money within the 529. It's pretty much managed as uh, according to a plan. And then there's another advantage to a Coverdell is that the money can be withdrawn tax-free for kindergarten through 12th grade as well as college, while 529 plans are just limited to college expenses. So if you're someone who is sending your kid to private school through K through 12 and this is some money that maybe you would want to use towards that, then you can rest assured, withdraw money from the Coverdell tax-free to afford those more short-term costs. And so some families like this flexibility. A 529 plan, on the other hand, does not have annual contribution limits like we talked about, doesn't have age limits or income limits. The Coverdell does. And so that's why I think, um, and this is according to Saving for College, there is probably a bigger percentage of families who choose the 529 over the Coverdell. And frankly, many people are just happy with the 529 plans investment choices. They don't care to move the money around. And also what's great about the 529 is that your state may give you a state tax deduction for using the 529 plan, but no states offer a state tax deduction for investing with a Coverdell. And you said you live in Michigan, and I believe that Michigan taxpayers may be eligible for a Michigan income tax deduction on their contributions. Um, so that could be something that you would benefit from. And if you want to learn more about the Michigan 529 plan, you go to misaves.com. But having said that, you know, with the 529 plan, doesn't matter where you live, you can choose to be in any state's 529 plan. So if you go to savingforcollege.com, you can also there find a list of 529 plans by state and how they rank as far as their their rate of returns. I hope that helps. So, you know, those are the pros and cons. I will have the transcript for this at somoneypodcast.com if you missed anything and also the links for those websites. So good luck and I hope that was helpful. Carlos says, you often talk about earning more instead of just cutting back. Would you recommend adding student loan debt for a doctorate degree to advance my higher ed career? I still have student loan debt, about 40000 from undergrad and grad, and I don't want to add more, but I do want to advance to dean. Um, it will become... It will make me more competitive. I work at a university now and they will pay two-thirds of the costs. My portion is a little less than 19000 My concern is that I don't own a home, which is a goal, and I have a wife and a six-week-old son whose college fund needs funding now. I live in LA where real estate appreciates daily. What are your thoughts? Well, Carlos, first of all, I think that, you know, yeah, debt, if you can avoid it, that would be ideal, right? But that said... 
When you're talking about investing in your education, and in this case, the track that you're on requires a PhD, right, in order to advance to become dean. It's not really an option. So if this is something that you really want to do, and you know also, this is important, that it will pay you more in the long run, um, this might be a right choice. And I think the fact that your university is going to pay for most of this degree is outstanding. That's not an option most people have when they're looking at getting a higher ed degree. So I think if your employer is willing to foot most of this bill, two-thirds, that's that's hard to beat. And I think that while $19,000, having that would get you maybe to become a homeowner sooner, and it could definitely fund that college account sooner. Uh, I like this idea of getting your degree simply because down the road, it will pay off with dividends. You know, you're going to be able to become a dean, hopefully. Um, It will hopefully pay you a lot more. I would be curious, I don't know how much more, you know, run the numbers a little bit, figure out you know, what, how long after getting this degree do you think that you could, and be realistic, that you could climb to uh, dean status? What would it pay? What would be the benefits? Um, you know, sometimes deans get a housing stipend uh, if they live on campus or near campus. And I know that if you work for university, whether you're the dean or a professor, a lot of times your children can go to that school for free or for a very reduced price. So I think that if that is also realistic for you, I know your baby is only six weeks old, so it's hard to, to know if your child will want to go to that school or if you'll even be at that school. But if you do foresee being a dean somewhere at a good school, um, I think that should be part of your financial planning, that that can always be plan B, that if you don't have enough um, to send your kid to his dream school, hey, you know what? We have a great option, which is to come to the school that I teach at. If you have the option to go to college for free, you should seriously consider it. And so I'm not too worried about you taking on $19,000 in debt to become a dean. I think that that would be a great investment in your future and your family's future as far as funding your child's college education account. See if perhaps your wife can contribute there. Maybe it's that she takes on that expense while you're in school or um, you cut back on other areas to be able to fund that. But I think if this is your dream and you know this is going to pay you well, go for it. And if your employer, your school is going to cover two thirds of it, it's a pretty good deal, I would say. All right, Carlos, good luck to you. And that's a wrap, everyone. Thanks so much for tuning in to this Saturday edition of Ask Farnoosh. It's a bit of a short one, but it's Saturday. Let's get out there and party, okay? Thank you so much for your questions. If you have a question for me, just it's really easy. Just go to somoneypodcast.com, click on Ask Farnoosh, and uh, that's it. Boom, it's in my inbox, and hopefully I will be reading it in the forthcoming weekend. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in. I hope the rest of your day is so money. So money.